Greetings, and welcome to the Pampering Myself podcast, an advocacy for self-care. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and most importantly, we'll learn that you can't pour from an empty cup. You'll hear stories, interviews, and conversations which will empower you in living your best life. Hello, 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 my friends, and blessings to you all. Wishing you a safe 4th of July weekend. Now, if you're handling fireworks, please be careful. And for those who are traveling on the roads, please be aware of the other driver. And please, no drinking and driving. Now, as always, I like to make a disclaimer before we start. I'm not a healthcare provider or an expert in any way. Just so you know, This podcast is informational only. However, my resources do come from reliable sources and the medical community. But before you make any lifestyle changes, please check with your health care provider first. Now, as promised, today I'm going to share with you five tips that will help you find calmness in times of stress or anxiety. And what we know is stress or anxiety isn't always brought on by something negative. It could be something great or something positive. But regardless of what causes stress or anxiety, good or bad, when prolonged, it can cause us health issues. So let's recap part one before we move on. By definition of the word calm, it means to be free from excitement or passion, motion or disturbance. It's a state of peace and tranquility. Calm is said to be a personality trait which gives you clarity and control over your life and it protects you from getting overwhelmed or stressed out. Now, I'm a witness about gaining clarity when we find ourselves in a state of calmness. I'm a person with a lot of thoughts. Things come in and go out of my head, sometimes out of control. But when I practice calmness, I usually find clarity. So these techniques work. My research shows calm is both physiological and psychological affecting both our mind and our body. And when we practice calm, we can find balance in both, which is very essential to our health. Now, understanding the need for calm and how to achieve it are two different things. And that's where some of us are challenged, like I used to be. In part one, I shared what the research says as the most effective and quickest technique which is breathing. And we did some of those exercises in part one to um, teach us how to breathe in and breathe out and how to hold our breath. And that is proven to be the easiest. You just have to call on it when necessary. So in this podcast, I'll share five additional tips, which can also help restore you to calmness. So let's begin. Tip number one is to memorize a sentence, a mantra, a belief, or even a scripture that you can easily recall when you find yourself facing challenges or difficulties. Now, it'll help you look at a situation differently. And as a matter of fact, 
My mantra, other than a scripture, is seeing things from a different perspective. Now, I chose that phrase for a lot of reasons, and it has helped me stay focused and calm, not to be judgmental. Uh, I have more compassion and more understanding. In other words, it helped me to change my outlook on life and people. And in times when I would have been, well, let's just say otherwise. So find that something that works for you and memorize it if you don't already. And when you find yourself in need, use it. And use it before you react. Tip number two, practice the Pomodoro technique which is spelled P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. Pomodoro is a time management technique developed in the late 1980s. And from my research, it's a very popular tool. Now, the concept is to work in intervals for the purpose of not feeling stressed or overwhelmed. It is said to be ideal if you are a writer, a coder, um, a designer, or if you're studying or doing anything that's kind of like a repetitive work. So here's how it works. You pick a task or a project you want to focus on. You set the timer for 25 to 30 minutes. And when the buzzer sounds, take a two to three minute break. And you're supposed to repeat this process four times. After the fourth time, you take a longer break. Now, of course, how long you set the timer for and the length of breaks depend on what you're working on. And the purpose is to give you an opportunity to take a mental break so that you don't become overwhelmed. Now, it's surprising how much work you can get done with short bursts of focus work versus long hours without any breaks. And I can contest to that, especially when I'm working on certain projects that are stressful. Another important factor to consider is the time of day. Some of us are uh, more productive in the morning, others in the evening. So you have to really find out what works for you for this to be uh, really effective. And although this is a new concept to me, based on how it works, I realize I've been practicing it for years without even knowing it. For example, the month of May and June, which we're in now, is a stressful uh, time for me in my day job. I was fortunate enough to work from home for the past 14 months during this whole pandemic. And two days a week, I would keep my grand dog. Yes, I said it, my grand dog, her so sweet and spoiled. And I found myself using her as an excuse to take a few breaks during the day because she would come over to me where I was working and she would sit there and whine for me to pick her up. So for about 15, 10 or 15 minutes out of the day, two or three times a day, I would stop and play with her. And when I got back to my work mode, I felt refreshed. I realized it gave me a mental break from work and the interaction with her was relaxing. It j- just make sure whatever you do during your break is something that you enjoy and nothing that would add any additional stress or anxiety um, to your day. Tip number three, plan some fun activities. Now, although this sounds easy to do, some people may struggle with it. 
Think about it. When you're making plans for a vacation or event, usually it's feeling of excitement. Yes, it might be a little stressful in the planning stages, but anticipating the outcome can boost your mood. I'm going to give you an example. We had a girl's trip all set in 2020, and it had been in the works for more than a year before COVID hit. And we talked about it and shopped in preparation of it and scanned the Royal Caribbean website for months. And this was my happy place. Whenever I needed a boost in my mood or just something to look forward to, I would hit that Royal Caribbean website. Then COVID hit and we had to cancel. And it was so depressing. But we're back on. And although it's a family cruise opposed to a girl's trip, I'm still excited, even though it's still a year out. So every now and then we talk about it. We shop in preparation for and we scan that website. Having something eventful like a vacation, a family reunion, a barbecue with the upcoming 4th of July or anything you can look forward to will help you boost your mood. And it's more positive. Tip number four, take a walk. Whether you walk or run, moving your body can help you clear your thoughts. A nice casual or brisk walk can do wonders, preferably outside, maybe along a shoreline or a nice walking trail. You'll be amazed how relaxing and calm you'll feel after this exercise. But if there's no shoreline or walking trail, that's okay. Now that I'm back in the office two days a week, I go out at lunchtime and I usually take a walk just for some fresh air and a break away from the office. Um, Some days I even sit in my car and eat my lunch because a change of scenery can also help boost your mood when walking isn't an option. And the final tip number five, which is just as important, is to accept your anxiety. Some people have to work harder than others to find a place of calmness. If you're one of those that don't struggle with it, then hopefully you'll have the patience for those who do. Recognizing when you're overwhelmed, stressed, or anxious is the first step in dealing with it. So often we say or do something we eventually regret, And hopefully you'll learn to be more conscious of this pattern and think before you speak, because sometimes we can't take those words back. What's helpful for me is to be slow on the response. That gives me an opportunity to think about what I'm about to say. Well, at least out loud. Now I think it's still in my head, but I've learned that you don't always have to respond to everything. And it's helped me maintain self-control. So that's all I got for you today. Let's recap these tips. Number one, we're going to find a mantra or memorize a scripture or belief or anything that will bring us to immediate peace and calm. And remember that breathing technique in part one is something that you can do immediately. Number two. We're going to practice time management. You might want to consider the Pomodoro example technique when you can find yourself overwhelming with working on projects. Number three, 
Plan some fun time. It doesn't have to be on a grand scale. It could be anything as long as it brings you peace and happiness. Number four, take a walk or a jog. Research certainly has proven that any form of exercise or moving our bodies can help us reduce stress and anxiety. And number five is to accept your anxiety. Recognizing that something is wrong is just the beginning of healing. So hopefully this information has been beneficial to you or to someone you know. Please feel free to share this podcast. And until next time, as always, stay safe and don't forget to pamper yourself physically, mentally, and spiritually. And enjoy your holiday weekend.